Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast, everybody. This is Bob Shoneman. I have alongside me today, Barry Rice. Can you believe it? I am here. I'm back. I can't wait to talk to you guys. Back in the house. And, of course, Pete Robertson. Hey, Pete. What's up, Mac Daddy? Uh, it's so good to be here. It says Merry Christmas Merry right Christmas. above your shoulder for those folks that are watching on YouTube. It's Merry Christmas. It is. I love the new backdrops. And yeah. oh, while we're speaking of that on YouTube, if you are watching on YouTube, please just take a second, hit that subscribe button, and uh, punch in a comment down below. Tell us where you're listening from. That would be a, that yeah, would be awesome. Not just YouTube, everywhere. Yeah, but you could do it, that. Yeah. the only place they're watching us is on YouTube. That's so true. yeah, that's so. true. All right, so what's going on, guys? What have you been up to? Barry, we missed you. So good to have you back on the show. Yes. Hey, we talked about bowling last week, and you missed it. Yes, I should have been here. <laughs> what a you, joy. No question, no question. <laughs> but I, I haven't bowled a strike in my life, so I... I, I don't I, believe I don't, that. I don't, I don't, I'm not allowed. Man, we need to have a Riot Podcast bowling uh, outing. That would be fun. Well, Shannon was Shannon was ripping on me because she's like, Pete, I know you wouldn't understand, but... That was pretty funny. I, I have a better idea. Why don't we have yeah. a Riot Podcast bowling shirt? That would be fun. Ooh. That'd be kind of a fun shirt to wear. We yeah. could do that. We can rock it. They have those new dice sub, and you can put basically anything on there you want. Which would be really cool. We should so just, we could put the Riot Podcast logo. We should sponsor your team. Wait a minute. I think yeah. don't don't do that. <laughs> Here don't, we go. Here you we gotta go. go way back and put the round patch that's on. on oh, like you're a, talking old school, like, like Laverne garage, and Shirley, like a garage uh, shirt, you know? Yeah, that like looks old cool. green shirt. I, think, and I know the what patch you mean. On there. The old camp shirts. And then, and then put someone's fake name on it. <laughs> Butch. I'm not Bubba. somebody else's name. Fred. Yeah, what? yeah. You look at that, and people are like, What's "Oh, up, yours Butch? would be pot." Perfect, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, that'll be fun. We got to get our executive producer one too. That would be awesome. Yes. Yeah. The host staff should get. And, and she, her like name it. should be Sheila. She. <laughs> yeah, she sounds like a bowler, like Sheila. Shannon works. Wow, but that Sheila was fun. the striker. Well, I I got to talk about bowling two weeks in a row, so this yeah. is this is good. Three in a row would be called a turkey if we can get three in a row. Speaking of turkey. We did talk. We about did talk about turkey, year. but yeah. Barry was the one that cooked those turkeys, and he wasn't here last week to talk about. It. He had like a step by step. Here's how not to burn down your house. It was. I was impressed. I think I could actually, I could actually cook a turkey now without too much fear. I no. only watched five videos. <laughs> well, after that, we went and watched the video like the other day, and the person was cooking their fried turkey in the house. No way. Yeah, in the house. Yeah, they were doing it in the house. And At least we, they, they knew enough to run Was the it video. in the kitchen? It was in the kitchen. Oh, they're dumb. Yeah. We thought man, the same thing. But man, they did it, man. and they had it on YouTube. So Maybe uninformed. Yeah. He didn't mean dumb. He meant uninformed. Yeah. Well, no, there's a there's a level of stupidity that all of us do <laughs> I, have. I didn't say dumb. I said idiot. Yeah, we can't we can, oh, we can say that in context and it still be holy. To, I was just trying to be nice. <laughs> all, right, all right, let me ask this question. Yeah, yeah, I, I just please. want to get it off my chest, okay? Do it. What is your favorite Christmas movie? Oh, good question. It changes for me, but I I like okay, this is shallow, but I like Elf. I laugh my head off every time I watch the movie Elf. That and another one again, just fleshly laughing. I know him. Christmas Vacation. Those two movies, I just laugh so hard. The Griswolds. The Griswolds. Yeah. 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 But Elf, yeah, buddy, buddy, the Elf just cracks me up. You're an angry Elf. 
<laughs> so there. How about you, Pete? Oh, Francisco. I really like that name, Francisco. 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 <laughs> okay, so you guys are fans of the movie too. This is good. I just actually saw it in the movie theater last uh, week. Oh my god! Or actually, goodness, this week. So this funny. Week. Yeah, it is hilarious. We like we like Elf. I like I like both those movies. I don't like any other ones. No, that's it. Yeah. Well, my my favorites are. The, the Grinch with Jim Carrey. Yeah, that's funny. That's very good. And then then Elf. Yeah. And then there's a traditional one that I, I, I have to watch, and it's Home Alone. Oh, yeah. We watched oh, that yeah. a little bit Home the other Alone. night. Yeah. Sammy like, loves it. I just never got into it. I'm like, what parents would leave their kids and go to Europe and leave a kid at home? I, when you I had 15 it. people, though. You've never been a youth pastor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah you, can tell, you can tell I have one yeah. kid. You yeah. guys have like 12 and 14 combined, <laughs> something like that, but... <laughs> oh, good stuff, though. That's a great question. That's a great question. Yeah, I know. It, none of us came up with a, you know, it's a Christmas story or, you no. know. It, uh, I would call it the Hallmark Christmas movies. On. We like those. Yeah? You yeah. like those? Yeah. There's a, one that was Unexpected Christmas. Well, that's that was really Well, good. let's let's jump into the show, yeah, Pete. But talk about before you do that, movies. why don't you, uh, can you open us up in prayer? <laughs> and we'll, yeah, I skipped the Hallmark. We'll let Christine talk about the Hallmark. I'm a Hallmark. romantic guy. I, you are. I like Notebook. I know, Mr. Notebook. That's right. right. Will that's you open right. us in prayer, please? Lord, help us. We Amen. It. And Lord, we just surrender you, the show. We love you. We praise you. We thank you, Lord, that we get to talk about you today. And Lord, how to live with purpose like you. And uh, I love the way that this show is going to go. And so we just praise you. Well, we don't really know, but Lord, you know, but we do give you praise and give you glory. And so Lord, speak to us now in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. And Pete, you're so right. You know, when you, when you said we get to talk about you today, we're talking about, uh, talking about God, talking about Jesus today. And we always do. I mean, that's kind of the point of the show, but today, man, you're talking about an emphasis on that. So the actual, the actual show title today is How to Live with Purpose Like Jesus. In Luke 135, Mary understood that the child she held was set apart from any other child that had been born. She knew what the angel had told her and what was confirmed in her heart was true. Here at my breast is the Son of God. Those were her very words. The very designation the angel had given, Son of God. The primary reason Jesus came to earth was to perform a rescue mission. Jesus not only came to rescue us from our sins so that we can have eternal life, he also came to help establish a firm foundation for how we are supposed to live with purpose in our daily lives. Today, we're going to discuss five key points Jesus put all of his attention on while living on this earth. Cool. So the first focus focus point is going to be that Jesus focused on equipping and discipling believers. But I think before we get to that, if you're listening to this, you know, um, get a piece of paper and pen and and write these down as we go through each one of these, and ask yourself: is is there something that you're doing currently that is representing kind of what Jesus taught us? You know, and, and some of us, you're going to maybe have all five things that we talk about. Some, some might be doing one. Some might not be doing any. And so if God encourages you today to actually do one of these, um, then, then do it. But I think it's, um, it's very important to understand that this is a roadmap that Christ gave us. I mean, he, when he was here in person, he was born for a reason. He had a purpose, and that was to die and, and to live a holy life so that we have eternal life. But it was also to teach us how to live our lives daily as he did. 
And so this is what it's teaching us today. Pete, before yeah. you even jump into that, I mean, we're, this is it's the Christmas season, and on, and you see in the decorations if you're watching on this, we got all of our Christmas decorations up. But we, in the pre-show, in the in the show prep, Barry had mentioned something that I thought was just uh, amazing, and I was hoping maybe he would share that again about you know as we're going through these, why would we even do that? Let me. Uh... Let me comment on our opening statement that Luke 135, it says that she realized that she was holding God in her hands. So with that movie, Mary, I mean, that song, Mary, do you know? Mm. Did you know? She did. She did. She knew that she was holding the son of God. And and man, that that's powerful. I want you to think about that today. But, you know, when we come to the Christmas season, it seems like for all of our families, it just ramps up in busyness, right? I mean, we get so busy trying to please everybody else, right? Trying to get them a present that they're going to like. I mean, uh, get get our bosses present, get our kids' uh, teachers' presents, get the mailman presents, get everybody presents. And, and we get so busy that, that uh, we don't focus on his presence or his present. Mm. You know, I, when you think about, you know, what do you get your father for, for Christmas? What do you get your mom for Christmas? You know, for me, when I, I've been thinking about that. What, what would my father in heaven or what would Jesus want for a Christmas present or for his birthday? It's actually his birthday, right? You know, when, when it comes to me, I want my kids to express that they care about the things that I care about. And, and, that's exactly, in my opinion, what this show is about today, that that if you want to give God a present for Christmas or give Jesus a present for his birthday, you do something that demonstrates that you have his heart, you understand his heart, and you understand uh, the things that he is passionate about. And that's, that, that is what we're going over today. Five things that God wants us to have in our purpose and wants us to have passion for. And, and I, I just can't wait to, for to, these to be unpacked. And thank you, Bob, for, for, for allowing me to share that, Pete. I appreciate it, man. And, and so, so what, what on that piece of paper that Pete told you to get out, are you going to write down, I'm going to deliberately go out of my way to do something that's not typical or normal for me at Christmas, but I'm going to do that as a reflection of me being concerned about the heart of God and his purpose, and I'm going to do that as an act of worship for him this Christmas. Mm. That's good, Barry. What a great setup. Thank you. So Jesus, first one, Jesus focused on equipping and discipling believers. From the beginning, Jesus told the disciples that he would make them into something different. Come follow me, and I will make you fishers of men, he says in Matthew 4.19. Their occupation of catching fish changed into a mission of fishing for people. Each step along the way, Jesus taught them to share with others, connect people to God, and minister to those who were in need. Yeah, I mean, this is something that we've talked about a lot on the show. The The whole purpose of this show is Christian discipleship. And so that is kind of our whole makeup. And that's what we think about. Um, Jesus made this a very big deal. And when he said, come follow me, what he was saying is in follow, he was saying he wants you to be relational. And so when he said, follow me, he wants you to be relational with other people. And so when we're equipping or discipling people that are in our ministry, we want to have a relationship with them. We want to build and establish relationship. We don't want to just be 
you know, beat people over the head with the word of God. We want to be relational. So when he says follow, that's what he's talking about. When he said make you fishers of men, when he's saying make, he wants you to be transformational. He wants you to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so as you are relational with people and you're talking about the things of God and you're, and you're building that trust and that relation with them, you are also being transformed. Jesus wants us to be transformed. He wants us to be changed into his image. He wants us to look that way. And then the last one is Fisher. He wants us to be missional. He, you know, being a fisherman, he wants us to be fish, missional. And, and the mindset that with Jesus is that he doesn't just want us to build one relationship. He wants us to build hundreds and thousands of relationships. He wants us to go into the whole world and to baptize and to make disciples. And so it's, it's, Jesus did it. That's all he focused. I mean, he had more than 12 disciples. He had hundreds of disciples, but he had 12 that were his closest that carried on mostly his work. You know, that is, that is so good, Pete. And, and what Jesus did is that he saw something in, in people. And he spoke that over him, and he called them to be a part of his team. He called them to come and be at the table and to have input and to to speak it to the process. You know, uh, let me let me say this to the pastors out there and the church leaders: you you cannot do ministry alone. You have got to bring others with you, and that that is the equipping of Ephesians chapter four. Is that at, you know, just like the Great Commission, as you're going, take somebody with you and pour into them. Everywhere Jesus went, these disciples uh, went with him, and and they would have debriefing. Right? They would they would talk about the strategy ahead of time. They would debrief afterwards, and and that was one of the ways that he discipled them and taught them, this is what you're going to do in the future. So this is why I did this. This is why I did that, and and this is, this is what my heart is. And getting on board with that and bringing people alongside of you, it, it's moving people from self-centered uh, being only focused about themselves and their agendas to how can we serve these people? How can we wash these people's feet like you fishermen used to wash the nets and get them ready for the catch? How can we wash their feet to get them ready to come in and be a part of this? It's 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 powerful. They they became on God's agenda versus their agenda, yeah. and they were willing to sacrifice. Now now let me say that again. They were willing to sacrifice mm. to see that happen Amen. because they saw the value of the one, the one person coming to know Jesus, the one person finding hope, the one person being rescued from the pit of depression and discouragement and despair that they were in. And, and Jesus always affirmed that he made them fishers of men. Amen. That's really good. I, I, you know, it just popped into my head. We talked about this last week, Pete. Um, you know, as you were talking about how, how Jesus changed them from fishermen to fishers of men and the, how that transformation came about. We talked, I think it was an Oz quote that you shared last mm-hmm. week. It said something to this effect. I'll paraphrase. It said, you, you want to go, maturity, a mature Christian looks like this. They go from being thin-skinned and hard-hearted to thick-skinned and tender-hearted. Yeah. And that really stuck to me. And as Barry was, was <clears throat> just talking, I, that kind of just popped back into my head. Well, guys, what if we've got, you know, we've got pe- listeners out there and they're like, that's awesome. Jesus, you know, poured in, he, he made disciples. But how can I make, how can I make disciples? How can I equip people? What would you, how, how would you answer that question? Guys, it's, it has to be done in relationship. I believe the best place to make disciples is eyeball to eyeball. Yeah. And uh, I had a I had a great conversation yesterday with a pastor at 
cross point in Lake Nona. And uh, he was saying, we do it in cords of three that we do uh, our discipleship, not just with one person, but with two. And, and he says, we get so much more synergy out of that. So you can't do it in a large group in, in an effective way. But that's the launching pad. We we do it out of our life groups, and and out of our life groups, we try to have mentor coaches, uh, leadership uh, relationships that is bringing people along the process. And you know, uh, people need to be prayed for. They need to be heard, and they need to be loved on and accepted right where they're at, right where they're at. Uh, their their value and their love isn't based upon uh, what they do, but their value and and their their uh, purpose and and their you loving them is because of just where they're at, who they are, and loving them for it. And uh, man, that's that's the way we do it. It's it's relational. It's got to be. We did a show uh, what about three four weeks back, maybe a last month where we talked about natural discipleship. If you guys are looking for an actual program that, that walks people through, just contact us and we'll, we'll connect you with natural discipleship. But again, like Barry was just saying, just love people. Talk about Jesus. I mean, just, I mean, as you're, what you learn in the Bible today, share that with the person that you're meeting with. That's, that's good. good. I mean, that's simple. It's, it's bottom line is that you're relational, that you're spending time with them and that you're, you're, you're encouraging them to do the exact same thing. So good. It's about relationships. Yeah. All right. Number two, Jesus focused on assisting the poor. Jesus cared deeply about the poor and the downtrodden, demonstrating his compassion in tangible ways. In Matthew 25, when Jesus describes the actions of those welcomed into his father's kingdom, he said, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Truly, I tell you, whatever you did for of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Mm. Again, that's Matthew 25, uh, 35 through 40. Yeah, I mean, the the what people deal with around the world, anybody that has traveled um, to India or traveled to some of these third world countries, what you're going to see everywhere is hunger, thirst, alienation, lack of clothes, poor health, injustice. And, and unfortunately, we see it not only there, but we see it in the United States. And there is uh, billions of people. If there's 8 billion people on the earth today, there's at least 3 billion people that are in poverty, desperate poverty. Um, I can't tell you, like when I was in India one time, um, the sun goes down and as far as the eye can see, millions of people sleeping right on the street. They get their little cardboard out, they put it out, and I mean, as far I mean, as far as you can see, just people sleeping, people, you know, and that's what they have. That's that's the lifestyle they they have. And um, but that's not just in India. We have it here in the United States. We have it everywhere. There's just there's so many people that are poor, and 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 that was Christ's heart. Christ, I mean, the reason why. Um, the, you know, Christianity spread in the early church is because it really targeted a lot of the poor. The, the, the body of Christ came together to go help the poor. You know, nobody else was helping the poor, but Jesus wanted us to help the poor. So they came together to help the poor and, and the gospel spread because one poor man helped another poor man. And then they brought them together as the body of Christ and they took care of their own. 
And, um, and it's, so it's, it's very important that we adhere to that and understand that this was a major priority for Jesus. Mm. He took care of the poor. You know, I, I think of the story where the disciples are coming to Jesus and, and Jesus, man, you preached a long time today. And, and you know what, I'm kind of hungry and, and the people are talking, they're really hungry. What do you say? We, we call this a day and we start again tomorrow. What do you think? And he said, you feed them. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy that he said he wants us to feed him? You know, we we know the passage, you know, uh, Philippians 4, 19, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Well, I, I think this, I think God has given us two loaves of bread so that we can give one away. When God gives us abundance more than we need, uh, a lot of times we hide that and we store it. Mm. But I, I think God blesses us so that we can be a blessing. And, and you know, uh, I think God uh, has enough food to feed every hungry belly in America and in overseas. But, you know, do you know how much food goes to waste every day? And, and, and it's just our passion, man. You know, uh, we're talking about the purposes of Jesus, that Jesus said, no, we got to feed the people. Yeah. We've got to take the responsibility. And I just take that as the church has got to stand up and take the responsibility of our cities and and of countries overseas and do what we can. And we have to look, God, what have you given us? When When we really analyze the blessings that we have in Christ Jesus and his provisions, you know, uh, uh, it goes so much further when we share it and we we that's what we're talking about in this this time today is having the passionate heart of Jesus and his heart was passionate about people who were hurting from hunger yeah second Corinthians 8 13 through 15 says uh, speaking uh, to Barry to what you were saying about uh, that we have enough food to go around to everybody. It says, our desire is not that others might be relieved while you uh, are hard-pressed, but that there might be equality. At the present time, your plenty will supply what they need, so that in turn, their plenty will supply what you need. The goal is equality. As it is written, the one who gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. And so the early church understood that as, as the significance. And so, you know, Mark was a rich man. Mark, the apostle Mark, or the disciple Mark was a rich man. But he then served and he gave of himself to, to help the poor. And he brought in the poor. Um, and so it's a very big deal. Proverbs 14.31 says, Whoever oppresses a poor man insults his maker, but he who is generous to the needy honors him. Wow, that is so good. So if we want to honor God, we want to be generous to the needy. Wow, that goes back to what do you get for your father, right? Yeah. I had, so let's, you know, ask, the, I'm going to ask a similar question like I asked the first one, but this time I, I'm going to even try to answer it a little bit. It said, you know, how, how do we, how do we assist the poor? You know, how do, how do the listeners assist the poor? And I had the opportunity to go to a, a memorial service on Saturday, and I want to tell you a quick story about that. You guys know uh, Chad Harper. So his his grandfather, who basically who raised him, he was a guest him, on the show. He was a guest on the show a yeah. few months ago. So you guys, you know, have met him. Um, his his papa, um, the the man that raised him, uh, passed away a couple a couple weeks ago, and they did a memorial service on Saturday. And in the memorial service, guys, they did a video that was probably thirty minutes long, and it was all these like um, CEOs and directors of local charities 
that he had poured into and he had given to. And they were just, it was example after example after example of them saying, hey, you know, uh, we, we needed bread. And three hours later, Papa would show up with bread. You know, um, we need clothes for these men, these homeless guys who are trying to go out and interview for jobs. And he would get them clothes. He would get them shoes. He would get them suits so they could put on and go to an interview. And it was just story after story after story of this man of God pouring into the poor. And uh, I think that is just an amazing example. You just start small. You can just start just start, right? Just just do something, and uh, the impact that it had just—that's what what blew me away. And and seeing the impact this man had on his community, uh, the building that they held it in—it was standing room only. The overflow was packed. People were waiting in the parking lot. They couldn't get in, and they streamed it on YouTube. So just man, not that you do it for those reasons, but to me, it shows. What an impact one person can have if you just put your heart to do what Jesus would have done. My uncle, at his memorial, we were there two weeks ago, he has uh, like $500 worth of $5 uh, cards for McDonald's. And so he would have a bunch of them in his his wallet. So when he's up, you know, standing at the stoplight and there's someone that's walking up, he rolls down the window and he just gives them the $5. But there's so many ways, guys. I mean, you don't have to... Don't you don't have to beat down the bush to try to figure out how to help people. Nope. I mean, if you see somebody in need, just adjust your life and give it. I mean, it doesn't they don't have to be poor, poor, poor. They could just be your friend. They can be somebody that's hurting. Maybe the maybe the neighbor, maybe there's somebody that can't pay their electric bill. Maybe you can help them with that. Maybe there's, you know, somebody that doesn't have clothing or something. Give them your clothes or whatever. I mean, my my daughter, we went to feed the poor down downtown Orlando on Thanksgiving. And this lady didn't have shoes. So my daughter's sitting there taking off her shoes, wanting to just give her her shoes because she doesn't have these nice shoes. And, and so it's just, it's just, it's seeing the need, adjusting your life and meeting the need. And so there's many NGOs out there, Samaritan's Purse that feeds the poor. There's many opportunities in your city. It's just, all you have to do is just look. I mean, it's not, this is not rocket science. Jesus was all about feeding the poor. We should also be all about feeding the poor. It's it's that simple. Amen. All right, the third one, Jesus focused on healing the sick. Um, As we look at the healings of Jesus, as recorded in the four Gospels, we also discover that Jesus used a number of different ways to heal the affirmed. First way we see is Jesus spoke a word, and they were healed. Jesus told him, you may go, your eyes are healed because of your faith. And right away, the man could see and went down the road with Jesus, Mark 10. Yeah, it fascinates me because... um... You know, Ollie, he just looked at him and he says, you're healed. And they were healed. I mean, that's just. It's I mean, pretty cool. Yeah, that's just uh, the powerful uh, just statement there. Uh, this one blows me away because, you know, one of the things is I studied the, the healings of Jesus that he was more concerned about their heart being healed mm. than any other ailment. Mm. And, and yet he had the compassion of, of saying your sins are forgiven but also take up your mat and walk. And, and so I, I just wanted to use that to make the, the, the point that Jesus does care about every aspect of, of you. You know, your sight, your hearing, your smell, your taste, your walking, your, your lifting, all those things. That, you know, the, the pain in your knees when you get up from a chair, he cares about that. And I want to remind you today, it says that by his stripes, we are healed. Amen. 
what he accomplished on the cross, it is either going to be a total healing here or eventually one day we will get that new body. And, and he had that vision when he was thinking about you, when he was carrying the cross and being beaten beyond recognition, he was thinking about your total uh, healing of your, not only your physical body, but your soul. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just, I, you know, you're, you guys are going to talk about it, about how the different ways he used to heal. I mean, people touched him and, and brushed up against him and they were healed. There has never been anyone that was a healer like Jesus. And he's given that that to us. Yeah. I mean, he would spit in their eyes. He would use mud. I mean, there were so many things that God used, <laughs> but I think that what people were wanting to hear here is, is, is they asked this, I said, well, Jesus, you know, everybody that he touched, he healed, it said, you know, and, and I think it was, you know, according to John, it says that that was the fulfillment of, of his Messiahship. You know, remember when John the Baptist was healing, it says, yeah, but one that's greater than I is going to be coming and to be doing. And so Jesus, one of the testimonies too, and we're going to do this in our next show, talking about Isaiah 53, is one of the things that Jesus' main mission was to bring healing to the sick, Isaiah 61, to set the captives free and so forth. And so that oh, was yeah. his ministry. Our ministry, though, is to, to, to do likewise and to pray for the sick and to pray for the healing because we don't know where God is. But the question that people have is, well, sometimes God doesn't heal people. Mm. And, and is that because I have a lack of faith or whatever? And I always say, well, you remember Timothy? He was not healed and, and he had, uh, Paul said, you know, take some wine to help stomach your things. Remember, um, who was, oh, uh, Trophimus, he left him in, in Miletus, remember? And Paul says that, hey, you know, Trophimus couldn't be with us because he was sick, and so he left them. Paul was sick for a long time, and he was, you know, not healed, and he even had the thorn in his flesh where he still had that ailment. So, I mean, if you look at the Bible in context, there's a lot of people, even the disciples weren't always healed. You know, they had the power to heal at that time as the ministry was strong, but even then. So it, it, you always ask yourself, was it the lack of my faith? Well, let me just have Johnny Erickson Tata answer that. Is She said that it, she struggled with that issue for a long time. As she recounts in her book, Joni, she thought physical healing of her quadriplegia. She prayed and fully believed that God would heal her. In her words, I certainly believed. I was calling up my girlfriend saying, next time you, you see me, I'm going to be running up your sidewalk. God's going to heal me. And then, um, yet Joni is still in a wheelchair today. 45 years after the accident that left her paralyzed, God has still not healed her. Her perspective is one of great faith. God may remove your suffering, and that will be great cause for praise. But if not, he will use it. He will use anything and everything that stands in the way of this fellowship with you. So let God mold you and make you, transform you from glory to glory. The deeper healing is what she talked about. And so... We have to understand, as Barry was just saying, is the healing first starts with us as a person. The inside of us needs to be healed. You know, the, the, the great healing is when we gave our life to the Lord, that transformation process that began at that very moment was we started, you know, we were healed of our sins. We were healed of our iniquities from within. And, and we start becoming a, a changed person, a new person. As the Bible says, uh, old things have passed away. Behold, all things now become new. That is a healing process. That's a sanctification process. And so there's, there's that healing. And so sometimes Jesus doesn't use our ailments. It's not because we have a lack of faith. Sometimes it is. Sometimes we're in sin. Sometimes we're blatantly doing things that God is allowing sickness to come in to stop us from doing it. 
You know, to, it's not that he's bringing upon it, but he's saying, hey, if you're going to choose to do sin, I'm just going to allow it to go on. It's your choice, but you're going to you're going to suffer from that. You know, but at the same time, it's it's sometimes he just says that in in this in, in your weakness, you are then made strong. I am still working all things together for good for those who are called according to purpose. And so we have to understand that he is a good God, that he has a greater purpose, a greater desire, and he will use all things, no matter what sickness, no matter what ailment, to, to, for his glory. And, you know, some of us were get healed. I've seen people be physically healed. I've seen it with my own eyes, cancer removed, where they've gone. I've heard testimonies of it. Jesus heals. You know, Joni Erickson Tata, I mean... If anybody could speak about this issue, it's her. And I think she would readily confess, because of my situation, I have reached more people for the kingdom of God. And uh, I have a really dear friend that that uh, is in a wheelchair. And I cannot tell you, and, and I'll tell you his name. His name is Roger. He listens to this. And, and the way he ministers, I am in awe. And... Uh, I, I really believe that his chair is a throne Amen. of grace and that uh, he he is used so mightily in the kingdom of God. And uh, you won't find someone with more joy. Mm. You just will. You'll be hard pressed to find someone with more joy. And every time I lose my joy and I get around that guy, mm. I, I feel so like good. the biggest coward and the right. biggest uh, wine baby there is. Mm. And uh, but I want to make this 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 point: there is no sickness if you know Jesus Christ that is permanent. Amen. There is not only a justification we're healed from the penalty of sin, there is sanctification and we're healed from the grip of sin on our, on our lives, but we're going to be healed f- from the, the presence of sin. And I believe with all my heart and soul that, uh, uh, we, we will not see any wheelchairs in heaven right. and that no one will have a speech, speech impediment and no mental illness will, will be there. I, I just, the only scars that will be seen in heaven is the scars on Jesus. Amen. And so I, I just, I hope for that. I, I can't wait to, to be there. I can't wait to, to be 30 again, 33 again, <laughs> <laughs> because it says we're going to have a body like his. So yeah, there you go. Awesome. All right. Number four, good stuff. Jesus focused on reaching the next generation. In the first century, children had little to no rights, often seen as a nuisance, They were tolerated, but not welcome. In Matthew's gospel, Jesus spoke out against those who pushed children to the sidelines while drawing them near to himself. In Matthew 18, 13 through 14, it says, And they were bringing children to him that might touch touch them, and the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant. How do you say that? Indignant. (laughs) Indignant, thank you. And said to them, Let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Yeah, this is uh, something where there's a lot of people out there that don't like children. (laughs) And Jesus had a heart and compassion and even said that we are to come as a little child in innocence. And um, we protect the unborn child. We we stand up for the children that are being abused. Um, We uh, we have a voice for them. And um, our goal and our, our purpose as a Christian 
is to love them and to, I mean, that's the most precious. I mean, Sunday school classes are so imperative. How many times have you heard people say, you know, I learned that in Sunday school. You know, that's when they first hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's so imperative that parents, you're speaking life into your kids. It's so imperative that you're loving on them and sharing God's truth with them and raising them in the ways of the Lord. The children are a big deal, and that should be a big deal to us because it was a big deal to Jesus. Yeah, guys, you know that I'm in the middle of planning a church, and it's next month. January 23rd, please pray for us that we're launching a new church. And and I have told our team, I want the best leaders in our children's ministry and youth ministry. I want the superstars there. And, you know, I'm going to tell you, and, and if you're a pastor and you're listening to this, there should be a large percentage of your budget going towards reaching and ministering to children and youth. And I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm going to give you a sure way to succeed in, in church planning and a sure way to succeed in, in leading a church. Would you like to know that? Yes. yes. I think we all would. <laughs> you, you cannot fail if you'll do this one thing, and that's what we're sharing on this. If you'll do the things that are dear to the heart of Jesus, he cannot but bless it. If we focus on these five things in, in the heart of Jesus, and especially the the next generation, especially those who we're going to hand the baton to. And, and uh, my pastor, uh, Jerry Falwell, I'm telling you, he did such a great job. He was so passionate about the kids. He he would do crazy things for the kids. And 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 he was just a jokester and, and a prankster and he just loved kids. And and that's gotta be our heart. We have got to care about the things that that guy cares about. Well, you say, I don't like working with kids. You don't have to. And to be honest, if you don't like to work with kids, don't work with them. Because they're going to sense that you don't like them. Right? You can help in different ways. Yeah. No, no, no. This is how you help. You resource the children's department. You resource the youth department. You give towards that. And and, and I'm going to just, just call the leaders out. If you focus all your efforts on those who can give, I'm going to tell you what, you're you're going to miss the heart of God. I know a lot of us pastors, well, that children's ministry don't don't give any money. You know, the youth ministry doesn't raise any money. We got to focus on the ones who give, the, these these older people. The, you know, I'm going to tell you, uh, we have got to focus on the next generation because they have their whole lives to give to Jesus. Amen. And I'm telling you, that is the highest rate of return is when we invest our time, money, efforts, and attention towards reaching the next generation. Yeah, I mean, it starts at home. Mom and dad, you'd be living out your faith. Your your children are going to follow you. If you're inconsistent in your walk with the Lord, your children are going to be inconsistent in the walk with the Lord. If you're on fire for Jesus, your children are going to be on fire for Jesus. If you have a good habit and in, in, to be in your word and study and you're a prayer warrior, your children are going to have good habits to pray and study and be a prayer warrior. So it starts there. And then from there, you need to um, allow yourself to see where God is at work and then join him to help with the children. That's very good. Barry. So good. That's where it, that passion came out. You so heard it. So good. Right? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And it, Barry, it leads perfectly into our fifth That's one. That's it. Jesus focused on planting and building churches. 
Virtually all the great evangelistic oh here we go evangelistic are killing me <laughs> challenges of the New Testament are basically calls to plant churches, not simply share the faith. The Great Commission in Matthew twenty eight is not just a call to make disciples, but to baptize. Mm. In Acts and elsewhere, it also it is also clear that baptism means incorporation into worship into a worshiping community with accountability and boundaries. The only way to be truly sure you are increasing the numbers of Christians in a town is to increase the number of churches. Amen. Wow. Amen. Yeah. All the statistics yell it. You know, when when you plant a new work into a community, people get saved. And that is the greatest form of evangelism that we know on the earth right now. And, you know, if you think about the the passage in Ephesians 5, what what did Jesus die for? It says it so plainly when it says husbands should love their wife as Christ loved the church. He gave himself, his life. He bled and died for the church, and he calls that church his bride. And so uh, it's so important how we view the church. And, and I am passionate and I am broken over our younger generation that says, I can, I love Christ. I, I can be a Christian on my own and I don't need the church. That is baloney. I have a great Greek word for that. Baloney. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, you, you cannot love Jesus. It's blog nuts. Yeah. It's you, you can't, you cannot love Jesus and not love his bride. And the greatest powerful organization on the earth it's not a hospital it's 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 not the government it is the church of the lord jesus christ Amen. a healthy church is a church that raises up pastors and plants new churches if you're a church if you're a pastor out there and you do not have it set up where you're trying to multiply then it's you're you don't have an outpouring. I mean, a lot of churches are. I've heard pastors with visions. We want to be a you know ten thousand member church. Well, that's great, but how many churches are you planting? You know, I mean, maybe you are a great church and and you have the resources to do great things in the ministry. But how many churches are you planting? How many how many pastors are you sending out? And um, you know, there's a lot of resources out there where people can um, get involved. So if you're, if it's your church, talk to your pastor. Say, hey, pastor, are we planting churches? Are we raising up pastors? Is that our goal, our mission? Ask the pastor. Find out. You know, Samaritan's Purse plants churches, so so they build churches all the way around. You know, um, I think World Vision does, and certain ones. I don't sure. Compassion International. There's certain ministries out there. Ark. If you guys know anything about Ark, I mean, you can support that ministry, and uh, just look it up. A R C. It's a huge ministry that helps plant churches everywhere, and um, you know the statistics show that the churches are closing the doors. There, it's we're not winning the battle of planting new churches. We're closing the too many doors. There's too many pastors that are that are leaving the ministry. You know, God has called us to to minister, but there's too many that are not. And so, this is a huge deal to Jesus. Jesus didn't just say go make disciples. He said go to make disciples and baptize. He said go and build my kingdom, build it. And so that was a big deal. But Barry, speak to that to the last minute. And then also, if anybody hasn't given their life to the Lord, go ahead and speak to them. You know, uh, we are planning our church at Tohopa Kalaga High School. Say that 10 times, right? I can't. And we did a study. A five-mile radius of that school is over 80,000 people. And now just think if, if there was 10 churches planted around there, what is, what is the opportunity for those 10 churches to have 8,000 people in each one of their congregations. And we we don't have that many churches around. 
And uh, we definitely, uh, we're probably not running, if you put all the churches right around that, we're probably not running 5% of it. So that speaks to the need. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I have found that there is people at this busy season that are so isolated and hurting and depressed and struggling. And I want you to look me right here in these eyes, and I want you to hear this word. We care about you. We don't want you to be alone. And that is the greatest thing of the church is that you don't have to be alone. There is people in the congregations that love people. There's pastors that are called and anointed. I know you may have ran into some bad pastors, but they're very few and fall between. Most of them are, are sacrificial and, and deserve to be honored. And, and we love pastors and most of them are, are great people and with great families, with great leadership. And I just encourage you, if you're not involved, if you're lonely, if you're hurting, let a pastor know and, and let us know. We would love to pray for you. We would love to be there for you. And if you're here and you feel like the world is on your shoulders and you feel like you can't make it anymore, you may even be contemplating this season of taking your own life. And I beg you not to. Please hear me. Don't do that. That is not the answer. That is not the answer. That is a permanent solution for a temporary situation. Do not do that. I'm telling you, you can reach out to us and, and, uh, there is a, a number I want you to write down, 1-800-257-5433. Uh, uh, it is a 1-800-257-TALK. And, and look in the comments below. We'll make sure that's the right number. But that is a suicide hotline. And th this is the hardest month because you really miss family and you really feel alone and you feel like, well, nobody's going to get me a gift, you know. And so it's 273, 1-800-273-TALK, which is 8255. Thank you, producer, Christine. You're the best ever. So, <laughs> so let, me, let me give you hope. Jesus wants to be there for you. He wants to pick you up. He, he doesn't, he has not come to judge you. He loves you. And he went to the ultimate extreme that if you were the only person that was living, he would have died for you so that you could be healed from sin and so that you could have a relationship with the father. And so you may ask, how can I have that relationship? Ask, that's it. And believe and just make a commitment. Would you do that today? I want to help you. Would you pray with me? Dear God, I'm hurting right now. I'm struggling, and I don't know where to turn. But I admit that I'm a sinner, and I've been trying to handle this on my own. And I have gotten in my way so many times of coming to you. And so today, Lord, I drop everything, and I just turn to you, and I ask that you would help me, that you would forgive me. And God, I am overwhelmed that you would send your son Jesus to die in my place and to carry my cross and to take my beating and my penalty for my sin upon his own life. Such a pure, uh, godly, awesome life. 
And it says, by his stripes, your stripes were healed. And God, I, I thank you so much, Jesus, that you weren't only beaten and bruised and killed, but you were placed in a cold, dead grave, and you overcame it. You rose again the third day, and if you would not have done it, there would be no hope, but because you did, there is all hope. Oh, God, I pray that you would invade these lives today. So would you just simply say, God, I surrender. I believe in you. I believe you're alive, and I invite you to come sit on the throne of my life and reign over me. Help me to obey you and follow you and see you as a treasure to learn about and to follow. It is in the name of Jesus we pray today. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for so much for doing that. Pete, what do they need to do next? Yeah, we would love to hear from you. If you've given your life to the Lord, just go to our our website at riotpodcast.co, C-O. Go to Know God, click on that, and you can go down to the bottom and just fill out that sheet. Let them know that you gave your life to the Lord, and we would love to get in contact with you, get some material, get you connected. So today, Bob, we talked about uh, that Jesus' purpose. I mean, so if we want to be like Jesus— he equipped the saints. He he discipled people. Yep. He assisted the poor. He helped heal healed and healed the sick. He went to the next generation and Amen. focused on children. And then he helped plant churches. I mean, so good. there it is. I mean, just ask yourself: Is this something I'm doing? Yeah. And if you're, I mean, if you're doing all five of those, that's awesome. Continue. Uh, if, if you if you look at your your life and you're like, man, I'm not doing any of those. Don't be overwhelmed and think you've got to jump into all five at once. Just pick one. You know, pick one and, and, and just get started. And uh, that's really the whole, that was whole, the whole focus of the show. How do I live my life like Jesus? Bob Barry and, said, yeah. if you're hurting or in, in hurt this season, the best way to overcome your hurt is to serve. 100%. The best 100%. way to overcome is to do something like this. It's, absolutely, it's so true. That is so true. Um, so just remember, what, you know, what, what, makes, what gift would you get your father? What, what makes the father happy? And uh, what's important to the father? If you focus on those things, you, you can't mess it up. It'll, it'll all work out. So, guys, we appreciate you. Merry Christmas. We are, what, two weeks away from Christmas. That's crazy. I cannot believe oh, come on. it is almost here. Um, as always, like, you know, like us on our social media pl- platforms, on Facebook, on Twitter, um, you can always hashtag Riot Podcast and and find or search Riot Podcast that way and, Everywhere. and find anywhere. Yeah, that's a great way to to just you know shortcut find it. And then please, please, please tell somebody about the show. Yep. Share the show. There's somebody that you're thinking of right now that would enjoy the show or would benefit <laughs> from the show. Don't wait a minute longer. Share it with them. It's so easy. Just click it and share it, and uh, they will be blessed. And, uh, and we would appreciate it as well. But uh, yeah. honestly, you know, we do this show. We do this show for for one person only. And uh, we just want to point people to Jesus. Amen. And that, that's the reason for the show. And now that we're in the Christmas season, it's, it's all around us. I really believe that this is the easiest time of the year to talk to people about Jesus. Amen. Everybody's open to it because they're celebrating it, whether they, they know it or not. So um, ask God to give you an opportunity to serve somebody, to help somebody, and I promise you he will deliver on that on that prayer. Barry, any final words? Yes, yeah, sow some love this season, and you'll reap gliding. Amen. glad tidings. That's it. Amen. 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 All Be right, blessed. guys, have a great Take week. Care. Bye. Thanks for letting me be on today, guys. This has been The Riot Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of The Riot Podcast.